Gameography. 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 Welcome to Gameography. <laughs> Welcome to Gameography Mania, the podcast about computers and the personnel <laughs> who make them. <laughs> <laughs> and computers and the persons who owl them. Uh, this is the podcast about Pi and the mania of Pi. Uh-huh. Pi and the mania of it. Uh-huh. Because we're talking about Pi mania. Uh-huh. <laughs> and? And Mel Croucher, the guy who made it. Oh. And? and <laughs> uh, Deus Ex Machina, as he would say. Machina. And? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Deus Ex Machina, the movie. Yeah, talk about that too. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna talk about that too. Of course, that's why they. That's why he calls it Machina, is because Machina was already taken by Oscar Isaac. Yeah, (laughs) he would have had to go through legal action with Mister Isaac, and that would not have fared well for Mister Croucher. Yeah, time traveling, time traveling, um, legal action. Hmm. Time traveling that'd be harder than growing a human in a computer. Out of a rat drop. Out of rat hmm. poop, yeah. <laughs> Classic English saying. Cla- <laughs> it's an English saying. Yeah. People like David Bowie. This is the only game to feature David Bowie. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I bet that's not true. Actually, I feel like I know that that's not true. Hold on. David Bowie game. I feel like he was in an actual... The Nomad Soul is an adventure game. What? Developed by Quantic Dream and published by Eidos Interactive. Released for Microsoft Windows in 1999 and Dreamcast in 2000. Starring... Oh! And it's, um... (laughs) It's a David Cage game. He's the guy who Andy... It, like, is... Like, constantly being like, you guys need to do him. Oh, my God. Is it the person who who did Beyond Two Souls? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god. It's gosh, like one of his they... first games. <laughs> one one of the worst and most pretentious games ever made. <laughs> I was just looking at that too, yeah. Oh, and David Cage's <laughs> legacy as a hack and a fraud started here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Wow. So we'll be covering The Nomad Soul today starring David Bowie. <laughs> uh, this game looks great. It's There's like a guy with a creepy a creepy kind of a, mat, like mask face helmet face body thing and his skin is blue oh that's david bowie clearly but it's incredible that presumably this guy who like didn't like really have any like cachet because this is his first game would have gotten david bowie <laughs> that is incredible with his little cachet <laughs> as he had with as little social capital as this he, man possesses He's socially bankrupt. <laughs> he could never have gotten David's attention. He had to socially mortgage his house just to get David Bowie. <laughs> I took up I took up a second social mortgage on my house. <laughs> he had to, to get clout. Yeah, he had to start doing some social side hustles. Just social, to, yeah. Yeah. Pete, no, mean, that's real. I mean, you you do what you got to do. Yeah. You you got to get on that grind. Sometimes you need passive social income. 
Sometimes that's just what you need to win. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes that's all that's that'll get you there. That little extra uh uh social cash flow. <laughs> so, speaking of winning, today we're talking about two games that we didn't win. <laughs> Is that true? I mean, wait, no, you 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 kind of you did beat DSX Machina. Yeah. But in a sense, can you beat it? <laughs> Is the, can you, you lose it is the real question. I think like, I would say that no matter what, if you play it, you are winning in a sense. Yeah. Or losing, depending on who who you ask. Yeah. Um, Pie Mania, though, we absolutely didn't finish it or no. beat it. And no one will ever win it again. Like, really. Yeah. Um, Truly one person won it once, and that's, yeah. this is, that's the end of it. Yeah. Actually, two people won it together, and we'll, we'll get to that. When oh, we, really? Yeah. When we get to that part, but what? Uh, so, on our past two episodes, we've been here in the United States, uh, <laughs> chilling with. You mean us physically, or who we're talking about? Uh, both. We we okay. will remain here in the United States physically, Tim. Don't oh, get thank scared. God. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but uh, our first episode, we were on the East Coast, and then our last episode with Rogue, they were on they were in California. Oh wow! Now, oh yeah, because the first space war was at MIT, exactly, and then yeah. Rogue was in was at California, California you say? Berkeley, Did you say Berkeley. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and then now we pop over to jolly old England. Take a skip and a hop over the pond. Say cheerio to the fine folks. <laughs> um, Just a little bit of pie mania, and we're. So uh, we're in the same general, we're going to be in the same general time period as Rogue. And uh, in the early 1980s, the ZX Spectrum computer came out uh, in Britain. And it was... Man, the computer, the names that they're giving these computers are so... They're just such computer names. (laughs) Yeah. Like... What did they call computers in the 80s? Probably something like the ZX81 Spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, they were all like... Like, everything I feel like was like made to sound as like crazy, like future as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, you got the Dragon 32. Yeah, like everything the, had a number, like a really high you, number at yeah, the end Yeah, Automata UK. UK, that's a high number. <laughs> well, Sinclair, that's, oh, that's ZX81. Yeah, Sinclair is the company that that made the ZX. Um, but it was the... It went on to become Britain's best-selling microcomputer. Um, wow. So it the, looks... Um, I don't know if, you, if you're if you looking the at The ZX a, Spectrum, you mean? Yeah, exactly. If you're looking at a picture of it, it is literally just like... a like. I mean, it looks pretty cool, but it's like... It's it just a keyboard. Does, yeah. A black keyboard with like a, a little like 70s like rainbow Man, yeah like <laughs> it is stripe. such a vintage rainbow and then all yeah. the all the keys are like this kind of dark 80s gray mm-hmm. and they have like bright green and bright red and bright yellow text all over them yeah they don't look it's, like they would like push in in the way that we like they look more like buttons on like a controller to me than like yeah like a keyboard. Well, actually what it looks like it looks like a drum machine those look like oh, drum yeah. pads. that's a really good yeah comparison um and so I assume it didn't come with a, um, like monitor. monitor. You'd have to like plug yeah. it into something yourself. 
yeah, what it looks like. Um, but so this this computer and computers like it ins- inspired the first uh, like British game makers, mm. of which we were talking about, often considered the first, the father of so you- the British games, uh, uh, like industry. Wow, Mel, Mel, Mel himself. He ba- bloody old Mel. Yeah, he basically. Uh, <laughs> he was a former architect. Um, Interesting. And he he had an entertainment cassette business, which what is what does that mean? I assume and what's an entertainment cassette. <laughs> I assume it means just like music for the most part. Maybe like maybe there was maybe he did like you know like. Radio, not like I guess it wouldn't be it on the radio, but like radio drama kind of stuff too. Maybe oh, interesting. I'm not sure. That's but that's what I would guess from that phrase. But I, I mean, based on the games, obviously he does music, and then like that's <laughs> yeah. I guess that's that's how you get the soundtrack to Deus Ex uh, Machina. Yeah, and also like presumably he wrote that like Pymania song too. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, um, yeah. I, which you, yeah. which you, which you heard earlier in this episode, mm-hmm, listener. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you really should just go listen to the whole thing. Give it a try, man. Explain, explain what that is. That song. Well, so so Pymania, the first game we're going to talk about, came out uh, on a like cassette tape. And I guess that's how you that's like how you loaded programs into these computers. And so the the front side of that tape was the game and the back side was a single <laughs> called Py, Pymania. And it has that song on it. And the song itself contains like clues and stuff. Oh, it does? Uh-huh. Like it says like beware <laughs> it says like beware the rubber ducky. And it says something about the pork pie. And that's supposed to oh, like warn wow. you that if he's not in the right mood, you're not supposed to give it to him. Yeah. And it also says "Meet me at noon," which is a hint of like when you're supposed to uh, go to the like oh like in the real world. So so Wait, here's so, the thing with this game is that yeah, uh, <laughs> just explain that the whole thing was um like you were supposed to play the game and the game contained hints. As to where this real life object, a golden sundial worth six thousand pounds, was going to be hidden. Oh, I didn't know that part. Yeah, and so, like, you had people. The the like whole idea of the game was you'd play it, and like, the the game itself is a puzzle. You're <laughs> trying to figure yeah. out how the heck it works, and then yeah, it really. I mean, just playing it is a lot like. Um, it's like uh, an escape room or something. It's like a murder <laughs> yeah. mystery. Yeah. Like it has that feeling of mm-hmm. like trying to piece together these really. It's like um, this the, uh, the Scarlet Room. Is that what it's called? You know, like the the Flash games that kind of inspired the Escape Room. No, trend? I didn't know Flash games inspired that. I don't actually know if that's a hundred percent true. But there's a Flash game that me and my friends played when I was like a literal child mm-hmm. um, called the Scarlet Room, where you're trying to. It's like you just. You, the game starts and you're in this room and you're just clicking stuff to try and find a way out with no explanation. Yeah. And this made me think of that for sure because you just, I mean, literally the first thing that happens is you're asked to type pi, 
Well, but yeah. So like zero indication prompt, that's what you're supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, prompt come up comes up that says like the key turned the lock question mark, and then you can type in anything, and the only way to proceed is if you type in pi, um, which Tim did guess. Yeah. So it's possible, obviously. <laughs> I clearly, but yeah. I mean, it was it was a complete just random guess because that's the <laughs> name of the game. Yeah. <laughs> which I guess is kind of obvious, but yeah. So yeah, so then then that that brings you into the the main game, and if you want to see the game, we will have mm-hmm. video of us playing it. Uh, yeah, if you on our YouTube gameography pod on YouTube. Yeah, um, and there's not a lot of <laughs> videos of people playing it, so there really isn't. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, so like you you are in like you get a weird dist- you get like you're in these kind of a bunch of different rooms that each have their own weird little description mm-hmm. and you use numbers to navigate between them. Yeah. And also this is, this is a lot like rogue um, visually where you're yeah. typing in commands and it's like, it's essentially like a terminal prompt thing and you're yeah trying to figure out how to word things, which adds just a whole other level of challenge that is in all of these old terminal games. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, at, at, at a, once you kind of have wandered around a while, you'll you'll show up. You'll get to a room that has items that you can pick up and use, but mm-hmm. you can only use the items in certain places and in certain ways. Um, but of course, it, it doesn't explain any of this to you. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's like because when you start playing Rogue, for example, there is as a modern player with no background knowledge, there's like a. a a mystery almost in just figuring out how to do things. Mm-hmm. And so you have this in, in Pymania as well, but a whole other layer of like, they're not even trying yeah, there's to, no... under, to help you understand like, yeah. Cause in the rogue, time. there's like a command list you can look at yeah, and that's everything you can do. So there's no mystery of like, yeah. What if I type this in? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's even less graphically like representative than rogue because mm-hmm. it's besides um, like Pie Man himself, who is sort of like the villain in a way. <laughs> he's like he's yeah he's simultaneously like your only friend and ally, and also the the antagonist of the game. Mm-hmm. He he will show up and do a little dance, but he's like it's a great dance. Basically, the only besides like the opening of the game, like the only like graphics really. Um, but so you're you're going around in this, uh cavern essentially a dungeon yeah and i guess at some point if you so so the first thing is you would at some point figure out maybe (laughs) if you if you kept trying to figure it out that the the numbers that you're putting in to move between rooms are the directions on a clock yeah because you have essentially one through twelve And we started playing and, you know, we went to like room three and I was trying to map it as we were going along and it quick, quickly became apparent that the room numbers weren't always the same, mm-hmm. at which point we kind of realized and then also saw in the help book that we kind of found online that you are going in the direction of the clock and you're navigating this like very kind of confusing map. Mm-hmm. We also got stuck because like you can get, if you get to a like a room where there's no more further rooms, it just tells you to go back, but it doesn't tell you yeah. the number. So we just yeah. kept trying to type like, turn around, go back. Yeah. <laughs> not realizing that you had to do a number. 
Yeah. Until we like just kind of stumbled upon the right number. Yeah, we literally typed in every number and then it's somehow we typed in one a second time and it worked. Yeah, we must have just not tried one or something. But eventually you would you would figure out that all these rooms are in the shape of a horse and that you're inside you're, of a horse. <laughs> Supposedly there are other clues that this is what's going on. And like What are the other clues though? <laughs> Cuz it doesn't I didn't see anything that indicated that. Yeah, I mean it's like really like it makes sense once you figure it out because like exactly. you're going to places like the observatory which is its eye mm-hmm. you're going to the ivory chamber mm-hmm. which is its mouth with its teeth yeah and you have to open a door which is its mouth yeah you're and it like says going something... up and down these four tunnels these four vertical tunnels yeah and it says you something know, like legs. i don't remember what it says but it says something that would like maybe hint you that's a hoof on one of those mm. feet. interesting but yeah no it's like i don't know how you would <laughs> figure it out um and so you're 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 getting you're getting these items taking them to pie man to try and make him feel better i guess yeah because you can find pie man hungry bored or scared Mm -hmm. and he needs certain items that you find for certain emotions and you can get it if you get it wrong then he'll freak out or something yeah, which we never got it wrong, so we don't we didn't yeah. actually see what happens. Um, yeah. And then he'll give you an, an item of his in return. And some of those items you need to reach the gates of Pi, or the ultimate gate of Pi, or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm, to open it, yeah. yeah. Um, which is at the horse's mouth. Yeah. And and, and the thing is, like the whole, the whole game up to this point, when you kind of figure this out, that this is your goal... Is it's like a mystery unto itself, and it's like a stylistic experience almost with all these weird little cuts. But then once you get to this part, it turns out that the game is actually very, very simple, uh-huh. and it's almost like a flash game level <laughs> of sophistication, yeah. where you're just it's it's all odds. Where if you cross past the pie man, there's a chance he'll open up the door for you to go and drop an item, or there's a chance he'll take an item. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of have to go back and forth trying to like win this random chance g- generator that he's going to let you pass without taking your item. Yeah. And that's the whole game. That's the whole like second half of the game. Yeah. Well, and, and, but you're supposed to also, so like there's the items that you, you like sacrifice, but then also there's items that I think you don't sacrifice, but that you're supposed to use in specific rooms. Like that, yeah. that give you hints. Like it, when you have the telescope, you're supposed to use that in the observatory and that shows you, like, I don't know what it actually shows you in the game, but, like, it's supposedly it shows you, like, a like a kind of like a drawing or, like, a picture of what the place looks like that where it's going to be hidden, you know? Oh, interesting. Um, and then, like, there's the calendar, which I forget where you're supposed to use that, but that... Somehow that tells you the day that you're supposed to actually... Actually, I don't think it does Go tell to the you location. The because the day is uh july 22nd, 22nd which is uh 22 divided by or 7 divided by 22 or whatever which is pi which is pi that's how you're supposed to get the date yeah and that's that's also how you um like beat the game is you put in 22 but oh yeah what does let me i'm looking at the like there's a uh they like released a guide basically to the answer and how you would figure it out afterwards that is 
100% worth looking at because it also has insane drawings like cartoons. Yeah, and the it's it's a very appropriate like strategy guide in that it it kind of uh raises more questions than answers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Up until a certain point and then it kind of actually is helpful, but it's it's like an opaque document in itself. Yeah. And so okay, so the calendar does reveal the correct date, I guess. But then the de- you also get a the death aid which you'd use in the ears that gives you oh yeah the musical clue c a g g yeah i read that i don't know what that means where would you use those four notes or letters yeah so that's something that that's like a clue irl like these are all irl clues oh, i still okay. i think you wrote it some it's in here somewhere of what that means but Okay, so yeah, you'd hear C-A-G. Many of you thought this to be the childish burble for C-A-G-G. <laughs> I don't know what that really means either. <laughs> but it was a Everyone's going to think it's C-A-G-G, but it's not. <laughs> but it was a little more subtle than that. The C-A referred to the symbol for calcium, that chalky stuff. Yes, the G-G was baby talk for a horse. Thus, What? That must be, that has to be a British thing. I don't, because, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. But, thus, you are now on the track of a giant chalk horse to place yourself within his mouth. Um, also, the blackboard gives you a hint that it's uh, something to do with chalk. Psalm 33 is adjacent to Psalm 34, which is <laughs> on a plaque in the like vicinity of where the thing is going to be hidden the golden oh, sundial oh in real life yeah so oh that would have been so cool to see the plaque that has the verse on it or whatever mm-hmm. that t- apparently one person or two people got to experience that but that sounds like it'd be a great moment yeah um, and so so basically it was in so there's this like Near the beach in southern England, there's this, like, big white chalk horse that's, like, chiseled into, like, a hillside. Okay. And so that's that was, like, the big hint, basically, Mm. that it was, like, it was going to be in the mouth of that horse. (laughs) But at 12 12 o'clock on the 22nd of mm -hmm, Exactly. And so this is... uh, this is like when they, when the people showed up, uh, the like, it's not Nell Croucher, but I think like the programmer guy that he worked with okay, was like dressed as Pie Man, like had like a crazy <laughs> costume on. And so these two uh, women like were walking along basically okay, as they waited. Okay, so they were there. As they waited, soaking wet and pouring rain, the famous pie man clambered out from a clump of bushes and to the <laughs> strains of his own signature tune presented the two lucky ladies with a coveted golden sundial. Um, and then, like, they all, <laughs> they all went to dinner together after that. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, <laughs> this, this is from a, like, newspaper article about it at the time. And I should say also, this was in 1985, and the game came out in 1982. So it wasn't until wow, it three, three years. years. Yeah. 
at one point in the book or in the game, maybe it said that like this is the date and time you need to be there, and it, the the sundial will be there every year on this day until someone finds exactly. it. Exactly. So, yeah. So for that means that there was three, two years yeah, in a row where, they where were waiting, <laughs> where yeah, they probably were alternating in the bushes like Mel Croucher's as Prime Man, just like okay, today's not the today's not the one. You have to do it next year. Yeah. Yeah. So the two the two uh, women were one was a teacher at a school and the other was the owner of a music shop. Okay. Says, like they weren't they weren't like normally like com- computer gamers, but that just like uh, the like real life like hunt is yeah. what like drew yeah. them in. Of course, and as, yeah. and they were asked. Uh, how like how long that they spent on the game, and they said, as far as uh, number of hours with the keyboard, very little. We knew it had to be a horse fairly early on, so most of our time was spent in researching where. <laughs> I just that's just insane to me that you'd be like, oh yeah, this is a horse, obviously. Oh well, duh. Yeah, <laughs> clearly we need to find a horse somewhere. <laughs> uh, God, and I mean, I guess yeah, if there's just some famous like. Sculpture statue of a horse that could logically be the place it would be. Yeah, but the thing is, I like this. It could be it's, this isn't like a very famous place. Wow, that makes at least so much at, like at the time, like it hadn't. My like, I was reading about it, and it had like it was made during World War One or something like that, but then it like got destroyed or something, or like. It went away for a while, and it, and then they like rebuilt it. So it hadn't even been around for that long, you know, like after hmm. they had rebuilt it. Wow! But yeah, you can. Is this? Is this? Did you say it's the Uffington White Horse? Is that what it is? Uh, yes. Is it Uffington? I think it's like if Hillfington or something like that. Well, because there's an Uffington White Horse, which is in a prehistoric hill figure. Made of white chalk in the in England. It's the lit it's the Litlington White Horse. You can see it if you do like Google satellite view. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> you, but you guys there's a there's a second chalk horse in England? <laughs> they just love their chalk horses. Oxfordshire. That's where that one is. What was you what was yours called? Uh the Litlington? Lidlington. Lidlington White Horse, yeah. Yeah, if you Wow, this one I think is this one's like literally see also other white horses, and there's like <laughs> twenty of them. <laughs> yeah, the also weirdly, almost none of these are actually like statues. No. They're actually Yeah, they're carved into the side of the Yeah, the I was picturing like a big statue. Oh no, yeah. For some reason. <clears throat> that's crazy so there's all these horses in England how did they find this one well because like the other hints were that it's like uh, they're like in the picture of it that you see from the observatory there's like a river nearby there's that plaque obviously mm. and then there's yeah. um, the another item is the hang glider because it's like a it's like a spot where people go hang gliding 
Oh, there's like okay. a there's like a cliff next to it. Um, but yeah, hmm. that definitely seems like it would be very impossible. But <clears throat> so other people obviously went to the wrong place <laughs> a lot of times. Hmm, yeah, and so, yeah. um, like they say that, uh, somebody went to Bethlehem on Christmas Day. And an- another person went to Stonehenge on Midsummer's Day. And another person tried to book a ticket on the space shuttle. Wow. I don't even that know been... what that means. <laughs> what space shuttle? Yeah, I don't know what like were they like how, how would they how would they get it on any space shuttle though? Who could think that was the answer? Yeah. Like yeah, this this so no, small no horses in English space bro. company. Was gonna put it in name space. one space horse. <laughs> name one horse in space. Yeah, my guess is how they didn't it, even realize. Like they didn't even realize it was a horse. Probably like they didn't even figure that much out, and they just went straight for trying to get a ticket on the space shuttle. <laughs> yeah, I mean that'd be my guess. I don't know how you would come to the conclusion that it's a space shuttle, unless because like the the idea is like the horse the horse is like in the shape also of that like constellation that's a horse oh so unless that's you're like so they, they're going to the stars <laughs> we need to actually go to the star yeah. that is the <laughs> mouth of the horse in space yeah they they're gonna put this <laughs> sundial only for one day in a year up in space <laughs> like light years and light years away yeah. from the milky way galaxy yeah that's where mel croucher is just hiding in a in a pie man suit <laughs> um and our playthrough of Pymania ended because Tim tried to kill Pie Man. Yeah. <laughs> I typed in kill Pie Man and it said Tisk like, Tisk. Oh Tisk Tisk. I'll teach you a lesson you'll never forget. And then it restarted the game. Yeah. It was so rude. And I and in that document it it says that also if you curse, he he he'll do the same thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no cursing wow. at Pie Man. Puritan Pie Man. <laughs> Um. Okay. Yeah, Pie Man though. Pie Man is great. I would recommend anyone play that if you can download it on your computer. Yeah, it's, it's insane. I was just yeah. We play the the version I could find online is the BBC Macro version. And same thing for the next game, Deus Ex Machina. Uh, Machina. It's not Machina. It's not Machina. Stop tweeting at us That's, at Democracy Pod and telling us that it's pronounced yeah. Machina. So we're not talking about um, Domnal Dom Domhall Gleason, Domnal Neeson. What's his name? Dom you know Domhall Domnal Gleason. Hello, Deus Ex Machina. Deus Ex Machina. Hello. I want you to pause your player when I count you down and recommence playing at the screen's request. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. But both of these games were originally released on the ZX Spectrum that we were talking about earlier. But we... Uh, for Deus Ex Machina, played the Commodore 64 version, which 
Oh, we did? Yes, no, the Commodore 64 is like the American kind of counterpart to the Spectrum. Mm, it's like the same oh, like okay. same era, same like level of computer and it was like the most popular one in the in the United States. Wow, um, okay. That's funny. I didn't know that the Commodore was particular to the US. I mean, I'm sure it existed in other places, but like that's at least yeah. Like here is where it was popular, I think. Hmm. Um and so this so flash forward two years ahead. Um and basically he was like, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put everything into this game. He he like put his like all of his savings into it to hmm. to pay for it, and he was like you know, I basically like the idea was or what his thinking was was like you know the way this is going to go is that we're going to like the future is like interactive movies basically and so that was his like this was his like i'm going to make the first like interactive movie and wow okay. um <laughs> and so he, i mean that is what it is pretty much yeah <laughs> he says uh i thought it'd be i'd better get in first and produce the computer game equivalent to metropolis and citizen kane before the bastards started turning <laughs> turning out dross, I do, I do not know what that means. <laughs> English, just English, yeah, just stuff. just English stuff. So he hired he hired actors, um, including John Pertwee, uh, John one of the Pertwee. one of the doctors from Doctor Who. Which one was he? That is a good cue. I would assume the one like in the seventies or something. Uh, let's see. He, um, let me see. Third Doctor. Oh, wow. He's the third Doctor. That, I guess, I guess it didn't, <laughs> I was like, he's probably like the seventh or something. But that does make, so he was Doctor from 70 to 74. Okay. Um, so he would have been, this was like 10 years later, but still. Um, uh, the other actors were comedian Frankie Howard and head of the defect police which was which, uh, like a punk band um oh oh the defect police is an actual band not in the game no yeah oh wait no no is that where they got the oh, word so, defect no from? you're right you're right defect police is but that that third guy is from a punk band i do know that oh, oh okay <laughs> yeah so his band isn't called defect police because that literally could be a punk band yeah <laughs> it should be. That sounds just like an English 70s punk band or 80s <laughs> punk band. Yeah. Ian Dury. He was the lead singer of Ian Dury and the Blockheads. <laughs> Ian Dury and the Blockheads. <laughs> More like the Pieheads. More like the Machine Heads. Um, and so the, the, the basic idea of the game is you have the game, and once again you have a, a an audio cassette that you time you start them at the same time hit play at the same time and then um it's basically like each there's like a sequence of levels that are timed to be like the same length as the songs um and then plot plot wise it's based on <laughs> that's easy to see. um inspired by em forrester's 1909 short story the machine stops and the Seven Ages of Man, described in William Shakespeare's As You Like It. <laughs> Whoa, Deus okay. Ex Machina told the told of a future where an all-powerful computer controls the world and all births are genetically engineered to the machine's ideal. 
but after a mouse dropping contaminates the computer's fertilization system, a mutant embryo forms. The player's role is to protect the embryo from the defect police, uh, who are the computer's eugenic enforcers. Wow. Um, so the seven mini-games represent the seven ages of man. Would would you describe the mini-games to the dear listener at home? Well, and so this is another thing about it. can barely be called games. <laughs> the, it begins with um, multiple stages of you controlling a single dot on the screen as like... That literally just does nothing. <laughs> like you're just moving You're the literally just around. moving the dot around. While other... While there's kind of swirling visuals. Yeah, the, like the first one, there's like DNA strands that like occasionally rotate. And then the next one, we... Well, I don't think we ever really understood what that one. It's like pulsing, like, like circles. Yeah, that, just just kind of general, ba- like baby growing. I think is the the idea. Yeah, but then you get like, um, like eggs and then sperm, and mm-hmm. then that's like the first one where it's like, okay, you really. It seems like you can, even though it doesn't really matter. Still, like you can actually yeah. do something because you're trying to like yeah. you're trying to get that sperm <laughs> into the egg. <laughs> get that sperm you guide that it's literally you're shepherding the sperm yeah. <laughs> that's what it says yeah it's just it was clear that like everything you were doing like if you just stopped moving it wouldn't change the game at all basically. no absolutely not yeah and like except maybe the percentage seemed like possibly it was an indication of how you did but i'm not even sure about that yeah because like it, it definitely goes down i think no matter what you do Mm-hmm. But it is unclear. Maybe, maybe it's like how many things you let pass because there's different parts mm-hmm. where things are trying to attack your baby and you're just kind of blocking them Pong style. Yeah. But nothing really happens when they hit <laughs> you and you don't see the percentage go down. But yeah. then at the next screen, it'll be down. And it's like, well, would that have been less down if I did better? I don't yeah, know. there's absolutely no like feedback with anything yeah. that you do. Um, at, a, at a later... Well, <laughs> then you're a, then you're like a baby like flying through like this crazy like <laughs> like r- i don't know how like just like a repeated rainbow i guess like of like incredibly bright colors and you're, yeah that part was and you're trying to dodge these robot eyes that was the high yeah that was very pie mania yeah yeah like the, yeah the, the the like using just every like basic color <laughs> is very was very <laughs> pie mania yeah um yeah. and so yeah it just continues like that and so, like, the Tim, describe the music for us. Because <laughs> that's, like, I feel like the they're music, almost the main part. That really is, yeah. So it's, like, these these are very primitive graphics that you're seeing the whole time. They're actually, like, I mean, that's probably an uh, overstatement. They're, like, they're interesting looking, and you're watching yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, they are probably, like, the most advanced graphics we've seen so far. Oh, I mean, yeah, for sure. In, in the season? Compared to Rogue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um... But then the background the whole time is, it's like kind of a mixture of like these analog drum rhythms, like drum machine rhythms that are very like mm-hmm. old techno sounding with some analog sounding synthesizers like. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like voiceovers over the top of that. It's a lot like the Pymania single. And mm-hmm. you, you've heard some of this song, yeah. these songs throughout the episode, but it's like this kind of like very clear but not entirely perfect David Bowie impression <laughs> like a guy going mission control yeah and that's that's Doctor Who I believe oh really yeah. okay wow um wow 
They got Doctor Who. They couldn't get David himself, though. Yeah, it's like a mix um, of like spoken word over the synths mm-hmm. and like singing. There's like some yeah, there is there's some, some songs yeah. with like singing. Um, yeah, yeah. I feel like that there's vocoders. Uh-huh. It sounded like a Matthew Devil album. That's what we kept on saying. <laughs> yeah, we should have had uh, Matt guest on this this episode. <laughs> Truly, yeah, <laughs> we would have been better prepared. We should have just said that Matt was the the person who made the the music and just have him take credit the whole time. <laughs> um, yeah, but but so like you get the whole like story and everything through the lyrics and through the spoken yeah. word, and it's like these there's like repeated motifs of like like imagine if this was all an electronic game. That's like at the <laughs> beginning, and then it, that repeats a lot at the end. Yeah, that, that repeated yeah. several times, yeah. And this was, and what is it? It was like, and you could, like, get your high score or something like that. There's a repeated thing of, of it talking about, like, like just, like, go for the go for your high score at various points. Yeah, and it, yeah. Yeah, but it's, like, again, it doesn't seem like there's any real way to, like, be good at the game. <laughs> so it definitely, no, definitely seems like not. it's, like, a like a critique or like poking fun at like what yeah. was probably like, or, you know, what was like the, the standard type of game at the time, which was just like, you know, put it in your quarter and, and play for like, yeah, that's true. Just try and get the high yeah, score. Probably all, all of this game's competitors were probably, yeah, like very simplistic games yeah. where you're just doing that. Yeah. And I guess Mel Croucher felt like he needed to stand up against that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he, it's very like, and he, like he's described as like an anti-establishment like figure definitely and like <laughs> not doing yeah i mean like that makes sense i mean like this is like an art video it's like an art film version of yeah, a video 100%. like it's 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 very much like a david bowie video game or I mean, uh, <laughs> david lynch video i mean game with david yeah. bowie it, yeah i mean i feel like david bowie would also be into this <laughs> It, yeah, it literally, it feels like David Lynch made this game and then him and David Bowie made the soundtrack <laughs> together and maybe, like, David Bowie also helped write it. Yeah. Like, that would have made more sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, I mean, it, yeah, and also, like, the whole thing about, like, everyone being, like, robots and being programmed to be a certain way. And there's, like, that There's like mm-hmm. that whole... So, like, you go to school uh, and it's, like, mi- it's, like, military, militarized... Where there's, yeah, like, there's like gunshot gunshots. sound effects in the mm-hmm. background. And, and then you actually are a soldier. And there's all these eyeballs that are looking at you and trying to hit you with beams. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're all watching you. The robots are watching you and making you live out their plan, man. Yeah. And like there's like the guy, there's like your I guess I guess that's probably um the defect officer or whatever it's called. Where he's like Who? he's like, when I say to jump, jump. Oh yeah, then, yeah. <laughs> still not really sure what happens, but it seems like you're like, no, you're gonna listen to me now or something like that at the end of that song. <laughs> yeah, and then you like divide him into fourths and like <laughs> mix up his DNA or yeah, something, and then you turn into a giant fat. <laughs> yeah, running. Yeah, yeah. I do feel like it's at it's it is at that point when you become the big guy that like it loses a little bit of its steam for me. Yeah. Where it kind of stopped making as much sense. And then, yeah, I, yeah, I, a little more boring. Yeah. I wasn't sure what was going on there. And then like, 
you get into old age, which seemed to make yeah. sense again. Yeah. yeah. But because like then it then it got into whole, the whole thing about like you're gonna die and like imagine if you could just replay the, like this whole thing. Like imagine if it was an electronic video yeah. game. <laughs> but so so I learned about this game from again from that book uh, replay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a whole chapter on like the British like game scene in the in the eighties. Oh, wow, um, that was like there's That's like there was like a whole like surrealism like game scene. Wow. Um, are any of those like breakout hits or famous or anything that I would know? Because I feel like I I've, think the I had no idea that was a thing. the most like the most famous guy and like maybe the only guy who's still making games is Jeff Minter, who's made who made a. Okay. Uh, Tempest 2000 was his most famous game, but also he made a Space Giraffe in 2007. Space Giraffe? Space okay. Giraffe, like the animal. Oh, oh, Giraffe. Yeah. Okay. Um, and like his games, like, often just like feature like giant, like, animals, like uh, 1983's Attack of the Mutant Camels. Okay. For the Atari. <laughs> uh, the Mutant Camels. That sounds fun. <laughs> uh, Sheep in Space from 1984. Revenge of huh. the Mutant, Campbell, Mutant Camels. Uh, but yeah, then like, you know, in, in recent years, he made, uh, let's see, he made Space, yeah, Space Giraffe for the Xbox 360 and a bunch of like it looks like uh like mobile games and now he's doing VR games interesting yeah he i'm seeing why is it the 6th generation 7th why are there the generations of his game games on wikipedia you know moose life i don't know for pc i think those are like matched with like console generations is my oh, guess oh okay i've never seen that on like a on a ludography. <laughs> yeah, no, I I haven't either. But like if you go to there's like a Wikipedia page for like generations of consoles or something like that. Wait, Centipede? He made Centipede like the Centipede? Did the, he? Or wait, am I thinking of Snake? What is Centipede? <laughs> no, that's that's a bug. Yeah. It's not what I meant. Oh yeah, yeah. This game, yeah. I think. Oh, never mind. No. <laughs> it just says two different people on here. It says Ed, Ed Log and Donut. He probably Baylor. made like a version of it. Oh, like, he probably right. made like a, it for like a different computer than it was originally made for or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so there was, there was like a whole scene and then it kind of died away. And like uh, the author of the that book talked about how like, they and like Miller Croucher especially kind of show like a different way games could have gone. <laughs> Interesting. Of, like, what if there were just like way more wild and like they weren't necessarily like as concerned with like player input and stuff, I guess. Is may like maybe <laughs> the idea. Oh, that's funny. Because like I mean the whole like he clearly was like forward thinking and like the whole interactive film thing. Like mm-hmm, that is mm-hmm. still 
I mean, there's like so many. I mean, David Cage, who we were just talking about earlier in the episode with the David Bowie, mm. like that's his whole thing is like basically like making like interactive movies, like right, like he uses like real actors and stuff, and like mm. the games are those games are like from my understanding, I haven't played any of them, but like they're basically all like you know like all most of the interaction besides like walking around is like quick time events and stuff, you know. Yeah, or it's not like yeah, I believe so. Yeah. yeah, you're not like, you know, actually using like mechanics to like do things in the yeah. games. Yeah, um, and and they all kind of seem like just like um like Deus Ex Machina, where it's like the the end of the game kind of doesn't isn't impacted that directly by your actions. It's like you're just watching a movie. Yeah, pro- probably. Yeah, of, yeah, Could, yeah. Well, actually, I think some of his have, like, multiple endings and stuff. Yeah, I'm but... sure they went in that direction at some point. Um, yeah. But as far as... Yeah, but... I'm... Yeah, go ahead. I mean, I feel like you can see from Pymania and Deus Ex Machina that, like, the clear impact on modern indie games. Mm-hmm. Like, like in, in a lot of ways, it kind of just felt like we were playing games off of the uh, the bundle for racial equality <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> like, that that um, reminded me of kids. Mm-hmm. Remember playing yeah. that? It also kind Where of reminds like, me of like something like Frog Fractions, Pymania. Oh, totally, yeah, totally. Especially yeah. where like, especially when you get into, like, the <laughs> you you remember the whole thing of like they were like we're gonna make Frog Fractions two, I was just but we're not that, gonna yeah. tell you what like we're gonna name it something else and you're not gonna know. Yeah. <laughs> Did they ever find that? Yeah, yeah, no, it's out there. Like it's, it's like, it's a some it's some game on Steam. Like you can buy it. Wow. Um, but like that kind of because like there's not many games that blend like you having to do something in the game and then like using that information in real life. But it does mm. remind me of like there's that whole kind of like and I don't know what it's I can't think of what it's called, but there's like that whole like kind of alternate reality thing. Like I feel like it isn't really mm-hmm. like game like companies do it, but like like movie companies and stuff will like do it as like promotion. Yeah, promotions yeah. for movies I think and that's stuff. More what it ends up being. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah. That's not that is. I feel like that was more of a thing. Like the more you go back, that's more of a thing. Because like early two thousands, pre internet, I feel like that was more common. Yeah, like mid two thousands. Yeah. Like I can't think of any really famous examples of that, but I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. I feel like there. I feel like. There was one with some J.J. Abram movie, like there had to be, because that's just mm, that's that such a J.J. Yeah. Abram thing to do. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> like Super Eight or something like that. There was probably one of those to watch the last season of Lost, where everyone <laughs> else you have to actually go to a real island. <laughs> yeah. Um, J.J. Abrams there is J.J. Abrams is there in the Pie Man suit, <laughs> hiding in the bushes. Oh, it's amazing. My brothers are all Ridley. What you got? I'm a fertilizing agent. My brothers are all wriggly. Touches with a digit. Um, but yeah, that's after after Pymania came out. Uh, he says he 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 thinks he sold it for too much. It was twenty two pounds at the time, and like mm. he because he wanted to include like a nice like like booklet and all this other stuff like with it um and that made it more expensive and so he said like he he broke 
even with it, but didn't like make any money mm. off of it. Basically, even even that's kind of like yeah, a relief because yeah. <laughs> it's like this. If this game is being sold for more than normal games, yeah. on top of it just being as weird yeah. as it is, it's like I'm surprised anyone bought yeah. this. <laughs> it did. Uh, it money. was critically acclaimed at the time. It won like Game of the Year from some. Oh, that's some cool. like okay. you know magazine or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But he basically like left he stopped making games basically after he made one more game oh wow afterwards um what did he do uh he basically just like went into music is what it seems like oh wow he has like worked with a bunch of musicians and now he like has just recently launched uh like a website for like musicians i don't really understand it's like what it is but it's like you know, like artists take back genie. genie yeah, it's called G E E N I. Yeah, J E E N I. Oh, it's J. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the website does not work. <laughs> oh, I was on it earlier today. I guess the the link on Wikipedia doesn't work. It should be just be genie dot com. Yeah, it works. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, there's a bad link on Wikipedia. Um, wow, you shouldn't trust Wikipedia. <laughs> Anyone can edit that. I mean, did you did you learn nothing in seventh grade? <laughs> Our librarians told us all about I, it's, this. Yeah, it seems like it's. I don't really understand what it is, but it seems like they like would maybe like distribute your music. It says founder of the UK video games industry yeah. under Mel Crouch's yeah, yeah, name. Yeah. Like he he started video games <laughs> in the UK. <laughs> that is a great picture of him. <laughs> um. But in 2015, I think, he, uh, oh, 2012, he reformed his company and uh, made a Kickstarter to make a reimagining of uh, Deus Ex Machina. Wow, really? Yeah, and it, it got funded, and you can <laughs> you can buy it on Steam and stuff. Uh, the Steam reviews are not kind to it. <laughs> oh. Though, I think it's like, it seems like people who like played the original like it, but people who like don't know what the original is do not like it because it's like it is the same kind of thing. I think where it's like not really a game at all. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. And like, oh wow, I'm looking at it and it looks. The graphics are. I think we should play this <laughs> because yeah, the the visuals are. It's like this really specifically weird kind of 3D. Mm-hmm. It's like um potato knishes almost. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's uh, you, you clearly it's a lot of the same imagery, but it they truly took it to another level of weirdness just from the visuals, the images I'm mm-hmm. seeing. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's like the same kind of thing that they were trying to do, but it's just like now they have 3D, so you just have a, a oh naked 3D gosh. guy <laughs> model. But like the the pictures are truly crazy. Yeah, like. Like they they did not just turn the same experience into a 3D experience, mm-hmm. um, and it and it <laughs> stars Christopher Lee, who you may oh, know wow. uh, from you know Lord of the Rings and a wow. million other movies because <laughs> he's been in, I mean he was in like a thousand movies, but yeah that's <laughs> I I feel like he was like I wonder if he was like you know like 
I think games have caught up with, or like technology has caught up with what I was trying to do. <laughs> and I mean, his Kickstarter was successful, so, but I, I have to imagine it was not, you know, super successful. There's, there's 50 reviews on yeah. Steam, so. Yeah, clearly it didn't work out quite the way yeah. <laughs> it could have, theoretically, I yeah. guess. But it's still like, huh, pretty amazing that it, that exists. Yeah, I really want to play that. I think we're going to play that and stream that. <laughs> okay, yeah. If I have anything to say about it. All right, we can do that. Um, so yeah, uh, it's only $7. <laughs> after see. Skyrim, we'll play that. If we follow it <laughs> chronologically. <laughs> It'll be the finale of the whole season. <laughs> yeah. Deus Ex 2 and Fallout 76. Um, yeah. But uh, that that's going to do it for this episode of Gameography. Wow. Um, oh, we should say we played Deus Ex Machina on stream as well. So if you want to see the game yeah. um, and hear the music, you can also just listen to the soundtrack on Spotify if you just want to jam out to it. <laughs> you should. I would recommend just playing that in the background. Yeah. Um, if you would like to be kind of unsettled. And the, the soundtrack for the second one is on there too. And like, I almost hope that it's the same thing where it's like you have to play oh. them at the same time. <laughs> they didn't they uh, didn't make it so it just plays automatically. <laughs> they didn't just put it in the game. Yeah. Oh, I really hope it is, because that was like the best part of the experience, basically. Five. Four. Three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tim, you should put that at the beginning of the episode. Like, like it oh, counts down and then it yes. starts. <laughs> yes oh god i absolutely gonna do that <laughs> um but yeah uh tim mentioned our twitter at gameography pod on twitter at gameography pod on twitter on instagram and i think on twitch right yes twitch.tv slash dang we did such a good job picking the same username on every website <laughs> that's even the url is gameographypod.com mm-hmm. Like, guys. It's easy to remember. Rolls off the tongue. Come on. We could not be making this easier for you. The only way... This is on you if you don't subscribe, rate, and comment. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And subscribe. And comment. And rate and comment and subscribe. And comment. All right. This is, okay, this thank is... you, everyone. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.